the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Since I found in him a friend so strong and true, I would tell you how he changed my life completely. He did something that no other friend could do. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. All my life was full of when Jesus found me All my heart was full of misery and woe Jesus placed his strong and loving arms around me And he led me in the way I ought to go No one ever cared for me Jesus, there's no other friend so strong as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for. Someday I 
from me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortal men who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, the Lord who remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed. He gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are, are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the alien and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever, forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus, I come on this broadcast today to lift up my heart in praise and thanksgiving for your glorious and wondrous work of redemption. Lord, thank you. Thank you for redeeming me from the darkness. Thank you for redeeming brothers and sisters from the darkness. Lord, as we walk this pilgrim road, this narrow path toward the eternal city, I know you are our guide. I know you will not leave us. Lord, I pray that you would encourage every person listening today that they would earnestly seek after you with all of their heart, that they would turn aside from everything of this world, the flesh or the devil, and seek your face, Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. I'm going to share with you again today from Pilgrim's Progress. There are just some issues that I see 
that we desperately need to talk about that that may very well stand in the way of your walking with Jesus. Now, we spoke about Pilgrim, or Christian, as he made his way through the Valley of Humiliation. That is a desperate valley, and it's one where we are attacked bitterly by the enemy and even by friends, workmates, husbands, wives. But as we do battle with the powers of darkness, it's not that person we're battling. It's the powers. It's the authorities in heavenly places. It's the demonic powers that come against us. And as we closed the broadcast yesterday, I was sharing with you that just as he came to the edge of the valley of the shadow of death and the light began to come up as the morning dawn rose, a demonic presence stepped in behind him and whispered many grievous blasphemies to him which Christian truly thought had come from his own mind. It grieved Christian more than anything that he'd met with before to think that he should now blaspheme him whom he loved, though in truth Christian had not done that. He wished to stop the wicked thoughts, but he did not have the maturity to simply plug his ears and silence the lies that a wicked one spoke to him or to recognize their source. Some of you are struggling with this. The devil comes and says to you, you don't believe in Jesus. He's not going to deliver you. Prayer doesn't matter. You don't need to pray. He's not going to answer you anyway. Some of you have the devil coming and speaking words in your in your heart that cause you to be very cynical and cold and hard. That's not Jesus. That's the devil. Block him out. Say, in the name of Jesus, these thoughts are not mine. I renounce them. And then fill your heart and your mind with the scriptures. And as you fill your heart and mind with the scriptures, cry out to Jesus. Read the Psalms aloud before the Lord. I just shared with you Psalm 146. This is a psalm that I have prayed through many times. It's given me great courage. I stand by faith on the word of God. And I meet the enemy with the word of God, not with my own thoughts and not with my own strength, but with the strength of the scriptures. Now, please, if you're not daily meditating and reading and devouring the word of God, you're not going to have a chance with the devil. He's going to sweep over you, deceive you, and steal from you the most precious things God wants to give you. He's going to cause fear and judgment to rise up in your heart. He's going to cause you to run. He's going to cause you to cut people off. He's going to cause you to judge. Fill your mind with the word of God. Read these passages of scripture like Psalm 146. Pray them aloud. Make them yours. 
I love to pray Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. It looks like a desert. It looks like there's nothing to eat. It looks like I'm going to die in the desert. I stand by faith on the word of God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leadeth me beside still waters. I pray that aloud, verse by verse. Now, Christian, after traveling through these very difficult situations, thought he heard the voice of a man up ahead of him saying, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. The man was shouting it aloud. I've done that so many times. Christian was glad. For one, Christian believed that someone who feared God was in the valley with him. Secondly, he perceived that God was with this person up ahead, even though it was dark and dismal. Christian reasoned that if God was with this fellow traveler, then he was also with him, even though the evil in this place prevented his perception of it. Thirdly, Christian hoped that he could catch up with this person that they could have companionship in the journey. I can't tell you how, how precious it is to me to have a Christian to walk with, a fellow traveler, one who loves Jesus with all their heart. As you speak those words of encouragement and belief in Jesus to me as your own confession, it strengthens my heart. And then I, in turn, am eager to speak words about Jesus that will encourage and lift your heart. There's nothing to fear. To fear, First John says, is to expect punishment. I'm not expecting punishment from Jesus. He will discipline me. And discipleship or discipline simply means Find a way to teach me what I need to know. I mean, I'm struggling with that right now. I'm, I'm being confronted by the Lord over my weight. And he's told me, if you don't lose that weight, you're going to shorten your life. So I'm no longer eating desserts. I'm changing my lifestyle. I've exercised every day this week. My heart is given to do whatever Jesus disciplines me with. Now, people say to me, Oh, Pastor, you're not heavy. Oh, yes, I am. I have to trust what Jesus says to me. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? He called out to this pilgrim. And finally the sun came up on a new day. And Christian began to rejoice. And he began to say, He has turned the shadow of death 
into the morning. Of course, you recognize that's from Amos 5.8. He has turned the shadow of death into morning. Oh, what a glorious thing when the morning comes. And how encouraged we are to walk with brothers and sisters on this journey. Christian turned and he looked back, not out of any desire to return, but so that he could see by the light of day what hazards he'd gone through in the dark of night. So he saw more clearly the ditch that was on the one hand and the quagmire on the other. You remember what those were? One side, the ditch was false teaching. The teaching that a man can continue to walk in sin and still be in Jesus. That's the most wicked, false teaching of our modern day. You can't walk in sin and be in Jesus. It's it's in the scripture in the Greek, it's locative. That is, it's positional. You can't be in Washington, D.C. and Chicago at the same time. You're in one or the other. So the false teaching is you can be in Jesus and be in sin and Jesus understands and and he just covers it over. No, he doesn't. Old covenant, he did that. New covenant, he doesn't do that. He's come with the power of the blood to redeem and restore us. He now says repent and obey by the power of the Spirit, not by flesh. And the law is now in the new covenant written in our hearts so that as we do our will in Jesus, we're walking righteous before him. Now on the other side was the quagmire. And you remember that's what he said David, King David fell into with Bathsheba. Those are the two, the two ditches on each side of the narrow path. Now he says, he also saw how narrow the way was that went between them both. And he saw the demons and the dragons of the pit, but all from far off. For after the sun came up, they would not come near him. But yet they were revealed to him, just as it's written, he discovers deep things out of darkness and brings out to the light the shadow of death, Job 12.22. Christian was deeply moved by his deliverance from the dangers of the solitary way that went through the valley, dangers that he feared more before, but could only now clearly see. In the new light of day, Christian realized how tremendous the first part of his journey through the valley of the shadow of death had been but it would not compare to the dangers that lay before him, which he had yet to travel. As Christian viewed the path ahead, he saw that it was full of pits, pitfalls, deep holes, snares, traps, false paths that led down to the pit. And Christian realized what a mercy it was to have the light of day. For if it had still been dark, he would never in a thousand lifetimes had been able to safely reach the end of his journey through the valley of the shadow of death. The word of God is a light unto our path. 
So as Christian watched the sun rising, he said, His candle shines upon my head, and by his light I walk through the darkness. Job 29.3 It was in this light that Christian came to the end of the valley of the shadow of death. Now I saw in my dream that at the end of this valley lay blood, bones, ashes, mangled bodies of men, even of some pilgrims who'd gone this way before. But as he walked on through, he began to sing. He began to praise God. Now as Christian went on his way, he came to a little upward slope that had been put there for the purpose of helping pilgrims see what lay ahead of them. Christian ascended the slope and looked from the height. He saw faithful just ahead of him on his journey. Then called Christian aloud, Hello! Hello! Wait right there! I'll come to you and be your companion! Hearing this, Faithful looked behind him and saw Christian, who had cried out to him. Stay! Stay! said Christian, so I can catch up with you. But Faithful answered, No! I am fleeing for my life! and the avenger of blood is behind me. Hearing this, Christian gathered all of his strength, and he ran with all of his might in order to catch up with Faithful. Soon he had not only caught up with Faithful, but had run past him a little ways, so that the last became first. Then he turned and proudly smiled at Faithful feeling smug about overtaking him. At that moment, Christian stumbled, and he fell to the ground with such force that it left him unable to rise to his feet until Faithful came and helped him up. Then I saw in my dream that they went on together with brotherly affection for each other, and for, for that they had many pleasant conversations about all the things that had happened to them on their pilgrimage. My honored friend, Christian, said to his beloved brother, I'm glad I've overtaken you and that God has done a work in both of our spirits so that we can walk as companions on this pleasant path. I want to stop a moment. I titled this broadcast today, Stay low, be humble before God and your brother. John Bunyan has identified the secret for walking in peace with brothers and sisters. And that is not to become haughty, not to become arrogant, not to begin to make accusations and judgments. Walking with Jesus requires that we stay low. Guy Bevington, in his book, talks about many years ago as he was faithfully ministering in Ohio. There would come a, a physical case that desperately needed healing or another kind of case that needed to be solved 
a conflict or whatever it was. And he would go out by himself under a tree and he would stay there maybe 72 hours, maybe longer, whatever it took. And talking about why it would take so long, he said, because it takes me that long to let God whittle me down, to reduce me down, so that I could be small enough that Jesus would answer my prayer. That's the issue, isn't it? We're thinking much too much about ourselves. We're too defensive, too quick to judge, too quick to try to tell somebody who they are and what they are and what they should do. Now we've got to stay low, humble before our brother and before God, humble before Jesus, our Lord, humble before each other. The Lord loves a a broken and contrite spirit. He doesn't like an arrogance in our hearts. And Bunyan positions Christian as having become smug, proud, showing off. And then he fell. Pride goeth before a fall. Could I say this to you? brother, sister, at work, stay humble. In your family, with your husband or with your wife, stay humble. Don't rise up. Don't rise up as though you're somebody and they're nothing. Don't try to tell them who they are and what they should be and what they should do. Be humble before God before your brother, before your sister. Be humble. (laughs) Humble pie is always on God's menu. And as we eat the humble pie, we lose the weight of pride and arrogance and self-sufficiency. And we learn to trust one another. Faithful said, I would have liked to enjoyed your company from the beginning of the journey, but you left earlier than I did, and I was forced to come this far alone. How long did you stay in the city of destruction before you set out after me on your pilgrimage? Faithful answered, until I could stay no longer. For there was a lot of talk after you left our city that in a short time it would be burned to the ground with fire from heaven. Really? Your neighbors said that. Yes, and for a while it was all anyone would talk about. Really? And why are you the only one who left to escape the danger? Well, like I said, there was a lot of talk about it, but I don't think anyone really believed it. Even when the topic was on everyone's lips, I heard some speak deridingly of you and your journey as some called your pilgrimage. But I believed it, and I still believe that our city will one day be destroyed by fire and brimstone from above, and that is why I made my escape. Did you hear anything about your neighbor pliable, Christian asked? Yes, 
I heard that he followed you until he came to the swamp of despond where he fell in. Although he denied that part, I'm sure it was true since he was soiled with the scum from that place. And what did your neighbors say to him? Well, I left pliable. When I left pliable, it had been the object of scorn. Ever since he returned to the city, many mocked and despised him and would not share his company any longer. He's seven times worse off than if he had never left the city. But why do they despise him since they also despise the way I, the way I took? Faithful explained. They say, hang him. He's a turncoat. He was not true to his profession. I think God has stirred up even his enemies to hiss at him and make him a proverb because he has forsaken the way. Did you talk with him before you left on your journey? I met him once in the streets, Faithful said, but he looked the other way, ashamed of what he had done. So I did not speak with him. Christian added, Well, when I first started my journey, I had hopes for that man. But now I fear he will perish in the overthrowing of the city. For it has happened to him according to the true proverb, the dog has returned to his own vomit, and the sow that was washed has returned to the wallow in the mire. Second Peter 2.22 I fear you're right, but who can prevent what is to come? Well, neighbor faithful, said Christian, let's talk of things that are of more important and immediate concern. Tell me, what have you met with on this journey? I would be very surprised to hear that you had undergone no adventures along the way. I'm going to stop there. I love to sit with a brother or sister and talk about Jesus and talk about the journey that we've been on. Everybody has a story. I have a dear friend, David Cromwell. I spoke with him this week, Dr. David, for years practiced medicine. He was my doctor, and we became very close. He said to me, Ray, we all have a story, and we all need someone to tell that story to. I laughed. I said, Brother David, you are absolutely right. We all have a story, and we do need to share it with each other to strengthen one another and to strengthen our own confidence as we, view, as we review the wondrous things that God has done for us in our life. Now I'm concerned because I think many of you are very alone I think many of you are very lonely. You have people around you. You may even go to church. And in some cases, you leave church and you've not, you've not really said anything important about your life or heard anything about their life. It was just chit-chat if there was anything. Casual social plans, events, things. But not the deep sharing of your heart. What brings joy to a man or a woman's heart is the ability, the freedom, to share the deep things of your soul with another person. We were not created to walk alone. We were created for companionship, 
Now, there are times when we will have to walk it through alone. But then the wounds come. And after the wounds come, we need to walk with another brother or another sister. And we need to share our journey. I pray you have someone like that in your life. I pray you have more than one. I pray that that you're not lonely. Now, I've always said, Jesus is enough for me. I want to tell you today, Jesus is not enough for me. Because Jesus is the head of the body. He's the head of the church. I need both Jesus and his church. I need fellowship with precious saints, brothers and sisters, who are sold out to follow Jesus. And I need to be free to be to be to be touched with emotion, with understanding, with depth. I need to be free to humble my heart before a brother or sister, not pretend that I know. He says, I escaped the swamp of despond, which I understand you fell into, and I got into the sheep gate without any danger. But I did meet with someone whose name was Wanton, who would have liked me very much to be, to be harmed. It was good you escaped her trap. Joseph was pursued by her, and he escaped her, but it almost cost him his life. But what did she do to you? Faithful answered, You can hardly imagine what a flattering tongue she had. She worked hard to turn me away from the path in order to go with her, promising me all sorts of fleshly pleasures and contentments. Oh, I'm sure there is one pleasure she could not promise you. A clean conscience. Yes, you know what I mean. All carnal and fleshly pleasures. Christian added, Thank God you've escaped her. The one with whom the Lord is angry will fall into a deep pit. Proverbs 22.14 Well, I don't know if I completely escaped her or not. How is that? inquired Christian. I hope you did not consent to her desires. No. No, I did not defile myself, for I remembered an old writing that I had seen that said her steps follow the path to hell. So I shut my eyes so that I would not be bewitched with her seductive appearance. And then she cursed me and abused me with her tongue. And I went on my way. Well, did you meet with any other assaults on your journey? Well, when I came to the foot of the hill called Difficulty, I met a very old man who asked me my name and destination. I told him that I was a pilgrim going to the celestial city. Then the old man said to me, You look like an honest fellow. Would you be willing to come and and live with me and work for me for the wages that I'll be willing to give you? So I asked him his name, and he answered, His name was Adam I, and he lived in the town of Deceit. 
I then asked him what sort of work he had for me to do and, and what were the wages he would pay. He told me that his work included many delights and for wages he would make me an heir of his estate. I further asked him what sort of house he lived in and what other servants he had. So he told me that his house was maintained with all the dainties in the world and that his servants were all relatives of his. Then I asked him if he had any children and he said he had. He had three daughters, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Then he told me that I could marry them all if I wished. Then I asked for how long a time he would have me live with him, and he told me that I would live with him as long as he lived. Well, what was the outcome of that discussion, Christian asked? Well, at first I found myself somewhat inclined to go with the man, for I thought that his offer sounded very good. But as I looked at his forehead, and as I spoke with him, I saw written, put off the old man with his deeds. And then it happened. Then it came rushing into my mind that despite his flattering words, he would sell me as a slave when he got me to his home. So Faithful said, so I asked him to stop talking, and I told him I would not come near the door to his house. And then he cursed me, and he told me that he would send someone after me who would make my soul bitter. So I turned to go away from him, and just as I turned to go, I felt him take hold of my flesh and give me such a deadly pinch that I thought he'd pulled a part of me off for himself. It made me shriek, Oh, wretched man! So I went on and made my way up the hill of difficulty. Now when I had climbed about halfway up, I looked behind and I saw someone coming after me swift as the wind. Soon he overtook me just about the place where the arbor stands. Oh, that's the place, said Christian, where I, I sat down to rest and fell asleep and lost my scroll. Dear brother, hear me out, faithful urge. So soon as the man overtook me, without saying a word, he struck me and knocked me down unconscious. And when I came to, I asked him why he had thus assaulted me. He said that it was because of my secret inclination to follow Adam the first. And with that, he struck me another deadly blow on the chest and beat me down backward. I lay at his feet as if I were dead. So when I came to, I cried to him for mercy. But he said to me, I don't know how to show mercy. With that, he knocked me down again. He would have beaten me to death, except one came by and told him to stop. Who was it that told him to stop? I did not recognize him at first. But as he went by, I saw the wounds in his hands and in his feet. And then I knew that he was my Lord and I continued up the hill. Christian then explained, the man who overtook you was Moses. He spares no one, and he does not know how to show mercy to anyone who transgresses the law. I know that very well. It was not the first time that he had met with me. He was the one who came to me when I lived secretly and securely at home, who told me he would burn my house over my head if I stayed there. And Christian asked, 
But if he didn't see the house that stood on, didn't you see the house that stood on the top of the hill, on the side of the hill? Faithful answered, yes, I saw the lions also before I came near the house, but I think they were asleep. It was about noon. Because I'd had so much of the day ahead of me, I passed by the porter and came down the hill. Yes, the porter told me, saw you go by, Christian said. I wish you had visited that house, for they would have shown you many rarities that you would have remembered in the rest of your life. But tell me, did you meet anyone else in the Valley of Humiliation? I want to stop a moment. What Christian is referring to is the house of the Holy Spirit. We need to go to the house of the Holy Spirit. He's given to us to renew our strength, to give us new life in Jesus. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He comes to deliver us from every attack of the enemy. He comes to speak to us. The friend I most desire is the friend who knows how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and who is eager to obey that voice. We're very caught up in our our church rituals, very caught up in the ways of the wisdom of man. That's not where the truth is. The truth is found only in Jesus, and only the Holy Spirit can teach us that truth. So as we walk this narrow path, hopefully much of the time we'll be able to share our journey with another. And much of the time as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it may be alone. But when we come out, the Lord brings us another faithful, someone to journey with us. I ask the Lord, give me men and women to journey with who are willing to forget about the world, the flesh, and the devil, who are willing to repent of their pride, their arrogance, and their self-sufficiency. They're willing to forget about their worldly glory. They just want Jesus. That's where my heart is today. Now, let me tell you just a few things that are coming. I will be live tomorrow on this broadcast. I'm usually pre-recorded for, with a sermon for Friday. I will be live tomorrow. And then next week, I will be out of town on a spiritual retreat, a time of fasting and prayer. There are many, many issues that I have to pray through I'll be back next Saturday and I'll lead the worship service at the prayer chapel again next Sunday. Would you pray for me this week, this coming week? Would you pray that I'll have understanding and that as the Holy Spirit speaks to me about many things, I will with humility of heart walk faithfully before him.
We need a breakthrough with the National Prayer Chapel. We need a breakthrough in finances for this radio broadcast. We are still far short of what we need. And I'd simply have to go and pray, Lord, do you want me to continue this radio broadcast? That's really part of a key part of what this week is going to be about. And then there are issues in dear brothers and sisters' lives that I've committed to pray for, and I need that time to just be in the presence of the Lord and lift up my dear brothers and sisters. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for God's mercy and direction in your life that he will speak to you and he'll order your steps. Our Lord is full of tender mercy. So let's pray. Lord, I come to pray. I ask that all hardness of heart would be removed, that all pride of life would be cast aside. I ask, Lord, that you would open the way before us, that you would teach us your way. I pray, Lord, you will deliver us from all religion, all ritual. I ask, Lord, that you would bring us into the throne room of heaven, that your Holy Spirit would minister to all of the wounds of our heart, that you would come and remove those great burdens, those mountains. You said, if you command that mountain to be removed into the depths of the sea, it will be done for you. Lord, we have some mountains of financial need that need to be removed. We have some mountains of relationship that need to be removed. We have mountains of sorrow, depression, discouragement. We have mountains of pain and anguish and sickness. Lord, you promised that if we would come and walk in your way, that you would speak to us about these things and that you would deliver your people. Lord, I just speak healing today for every brother and sister that's listening. Healing in body, mind, and soul, Jesus. I ask, O Lord, today for your mercies. Lord, I ask for the mercy of knowing how to stay low, to be obedient to your word, to repent of anything your Holy Spirit shows me, to not resist in any way the arrows of the Holy Spirit that come to unveil the darkness I'm asking, Lord, that we could walk in the light, the light of your glory, Jesus, the light of your presence. Lord, I love you and I worship you today. I praise your holy name. Lord, I see what's happening in our nation and the bitterness, the ungodliness, the arrogance, the pride. 
Lord, it just breaks my heart. I ask that you would teach our president how to stay low. I ask that you would teach Nancy Pelosi how to stay low. Lord, I ask for our government that you would deal with it according to your will. I know you're about to pour out great judgments upon America if we don't humble our hearts before you and repent. Lord, I pray for repentance in this nation today, not just in the leadership of our government, but in our local governments, in our churches. Lord, I pray for our pastors in America. I pray you will give us humble hearts, Jesus, and lion spirits to stand up against the wickedness that is flooding this nation, that we would speak against the murdering of babies, that we would speak up and be counted against the wicked sexuality that's flowing in every place in our nation. I ask, Lord, that you would cause the pastors to rise up and say, enough is enough. Let's repent. Let's walk in righteousness before our God. Let's be baptized in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Let's be pure and holy before a mighty God, before those judgments fall and destroy this nation that you have built, Jesus. Lord, I just cry out to you. Lord, we get so caught up in our family, in the family's needs, the finances, our body needs, our recreation. Everything seems to come before you, Jesus. This has to change. You have to be first in our hearts, Jesus. I pray that you will wash away the vile filth of America and that you will cause the pulpits of America to burn with indignation against the darkness. Lord, you are a God of love and mercy and compassion, but you also have a hell place of judgment and destruction. Lord, I plead your mercy today for America. I know we don't have a chance of surviving if you don't step in, if you don't rebuke we who are pastors and cause us to cry aloud and call for solemn assemblies. Lord, it's time for all the pretty words to be put away. It's time for the entertainment to be shut down in the church, the concerts to be kicked out. Lord, we have prostituted your church. We have turned it into a place of money-making business. Lord, I plead, would you rebuke this foolishness? Would you cause the elder boards, the vestries to rise up and say, we must get back to Jesus. Lord, put such a hunger in America for you. You did it once in the Jesus movement. Lord, would you do it again mainstream? Would you make your people cry out to you, Jesus? Lord, come quickly. 
Lord, I've been weeping before you over America. Lord, help us to put away our pretty prayers and our pretty words. For the pastors to forget about their salaries and confront the darkness that resides in every church in America. Almighty God, would you come with mighty power now? I pray in your holy name. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. It's time to repent. It's time to, to get low, to humble our hearts. It's time to put away our bitterness and our anger, our judgments, our accusations. It's time. If you'd like to write to me, I'd love to hear from you. You can write to me and send your donation, your gift to Jesus by writing to the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Again, that address, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, Two two one nine five, or you can go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, and you can give online. Thank you for listening today to Pilgrim's Progress. I love you. I give my life for you. I'll talk to you soon. Jesus.